Thanks for tuning in to the teaching ministry of Mike Hilson, Senior Pastor of New Life Wesleyan Church of La Plata, Maryland. It's a church that plants churches and of Where You Are Church, an online church helping people reconnect with God through practical content and a growing community. Hey, we're glad that you're taking time to listen to this week's message. We hope this teaching helps you love God and love people better every single day. And if you enjoy what you hear today, consider sharing it with someone else. Now, enjoy today's teaching. Now today we're gonna we're gonna continue in our series real versus fake and and we want to we want to take a look today at the issue of success like so many other things when Jesus defines success he defines it differently than everyone else does he lays it out for us in a in, Jesus view of success is not like ours and 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 honestly inside of our culture right now that's true across the board almost it's all you you almost can choose any category start to talk about it and the biblical understanding the biblical reality of that thing is different than the way culture is currently operating with it. I can take you in all kinds of directions for this, and it's part of what we're doing in this whole series. Well, success is no different. In our culture, success seems to be defined as, I've got the most money, I've got the most toys, I've got the most wins, I've got the most plaques, I've got the most certificates, I've got the most trophies. Winning is always a matter of most. Winning is always, success is always a matter of winning. In, in, in Jesus' definition of it, it doesn't seem to work that way. I want to show you, I think there's a place here that in my mind, Jesus gives us what I consider to be an interesting and, a, and, a, and an intriguing uh, view of what how, how success might be defined. Mark chapter 8, Mark, the gospel of Mark chapter 8, and I'm going to start reading with verse 34. Mark chapter 8, verse 34. He says, then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, whoever wants to be my disciple must. Let me pause. Whoever wants to be my disciple must. What he's setting is he's setting a bar of entry. He's saying, if you want to succeed at being a disciple of Jesus, at being a disciple of mine, Jesus would say, then I want to show you what, how I'm going to define success in this reality, in this world. He lays out the bar. This is, this is the grading grid. This is the grading matrix that, that Jesus is going to lay out for them. And so success will be defined by how well you live out or exemplify in your life the things that Jesus is about to say. Now, I, I think you're going to find that his list here is not exactly what you would expect. He says, whoever wants to be my disciple, and by the way, he says this to a whole crowd of people. He says he called the whole crowd to him and his disciples all together and said, whoever wants to be my disciple. At this point, he's probably got a lot of hangers on is probably the way I would say this. A lot of people who are around him, ooh, ooh, I want to follow you. Ooh, ooh, I want to help you. Ooh, ooh, I want to do this. I want to do that. But they're not going to follow through and he knows it. In fact, uh, let, let me be very honest. We, we, have a, we, have, we have for 25 years had a system here. It's changed over the years where we, where we take people on a journey to ministry. We, we prepare them for ministry. Uh, about 90% of them never complete the process. And it's not because the process is difficult. At the end of the process, the last thing you must do is a project where you actually start a ministry and you gather around yourself people who will help you do it. You need to be able to build a team and have an effective ministry. Well, in order to do that, that's that honestly, that's a lot of work. 
That's a, that, that's very difficult thing to do. If you really want to know if somebody is an excellent leader, what you need to do is put them in charge of a volunteer situation. Because when people don't have to accomplish something, but you can motivate them to accomplish it anyway, that's that's strong leadership. And so what we're looking for at the end of this process is somebody that can gather around themselves volunteers who will choose to do what they want to see done. Not employees who get paid to do what we want to see done, but volunteers who will come alongside this person and choose to do that. When you do that, you will weed out 90 to 95% of everybody who says, ooh, 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 I want to do this with you. That's what Jesus is doing here. He's whittling down the crowd because the whole crowd thinks they want to be a disciple of Jesus. But Jesus says, hold on, let me explain to you what I expect. My expectations are this. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. <laughs> well, that doesn't sound like success to me. Deny themselves and take up their cross. Well, that doesn't sound enjoyable at all. And follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. That doesn't sound fun. And what, what good is it, he says, for someone to gain the whole world? Well, that's how we define success, yet forfeit their soul. Well, we don't even put that in the equation in modern terms. Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? He begins to lay out. He defines this. Let me put it this way. This is success defined. This is Jesus defining what he means when he says success. Look, every time you take on a new role, every time you take on a new job, every time you take on a new responsibility, you need whoever you are reporting to. Your direct report needs to lay out for you what does it mean to succeed at this role? What does success look like? What am I aiming toward? When they do that, you're able to then have markers and you're able to figure out what this is. But you need to understand when it comes to Jesus, his definition of success is entirely different than the rest of the world. In fact, I'm going to get in trouble here, but his definition of success is often entirely different than the, than the church. He says nothing here about attendance. He says nothing here about financial income at, at, at the organization. He says nothing here about governance. He says nothing about any of those things. And yet we spend an awful lot of our time inside of the modern church thinking about attendance and giving and, and governance and all of that. Jesus says nothing about that because what Jesus is saying to us is the true definition of success is something that happens internally with you when you make the right moves in Christ. You've got to understand that Jesus wants us to become more like him, not more like the world. Now, I'm going to pause. I'm going to time out because I, I'm not going to come back to this, but I, I, I want to say this. We must still count. We count people because people count. We must still count. We count money because the IRS gets mad at us if we don't. And we we, we got to make sure everybody's honest. We've got to do all the right things. We got to we ha we have to have good governance, or else there's no there's no accountability for the leadership. All of that has to be there. I'm not coming against any of that. I'm just telling you that in the eternal realms, in Jesus' mind, in the way Jesus is going to say that, that's not how he measures success. That's not what he's calling us to, all right? All those other things have to be there, but they have to be there for protective reasons and to mark whether we're actually making progress in changing the world, all right? So watch. Uh, I'm not going to change verses. We're going to stay right here. He called a crowd to him. 
along with his disciples and said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Now, he did not say they must take up my cross. It is not, everybody hear me, it is not my job to die on a cross for anyone else. Jesus already did that. Okay. It is my job to take up my cross. What is that? Well, everybody has the thing they need to carry, the burden they need to carry in their lives. What you must do is carry it, carry it properly, carry it with dignity, carry it with strength, carry it with integrity, carry that cross. Watch, let me show you something. In order to succeed, in, in the definition that God has given us, that Jesus has given us here, we must surrender to succeed. Now, I, I know, I know, I know. Americans hate that word. We hate that word. But I got to tell you, this word, it, it is imperative inside of the gospel. It is imperative when we're following Christ. We must deny ourselves. We must surrender to how God sees the world, how God defines us. A lot of the issues we have with culture around us and a lot of the issues that, that this, this sermon series is going to raise with the culture around us is, they don't even want to surrender their own opinions in order to follow God. So if they disagree with the Bible, they assume the Bible is wrong. And I say they, but y'all, sometimes we do that. When we disagree with the Bible, we assume the Bible is wrong and we're right. And, and if people understood their Bible properly, they'd agree with me. Well, that's not surrender. That's not humility. That's arrogance. And that's, that's a refusal to bow the knee to the God who is in charge of all things. If you are going to serve God properly, you must surrender to succeed. Why? Because in Jesus' world, in Jesus' math, success is measured spiritually, not physically. Now, I think we're going to be held accountable for how we handle things. I, I think we've got to be good stewards of the money God gives us, of the resource God gives us, of the people God gives us, of the organization. God, I believe we've got to be good stewards of all of that, and I do believe we'll be judged on that. But in the end, in reality, when it all boils down, what we are being measured by is our spiritual growth, our ability to follow a God who saved our souls— not just a God who made us successful in this temporary world. And I, if I could get you to understand that everything the world counts as success is temporary and passing. What's that old phrase? You, know, you never see a hearse dragging a U-Haul. Because when it's all said and done, it's your spiritual life. It's your integrity. It's how you dealt with people that matters. It's not the stuff you gather. It's not, it's not your wealth. It's not your organizations. It's not your authority. It's not your power. It's, not, it's none of that. Everything the world measures as success is passing away. But God calls us to a success that is surrendered to him. Not exactly what we expect, but it is exactly what Jesus lays out as a marker in our lives. We've got to surrender to succeed because, sex, uh, because success is measured spiritually. Uh, it, then, then he goes on, For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever there loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. Now, now hold on. Hold up. Hold up. Time out. Time out, Pastor. Are you telling me I got to die for this thing? Well, let me, let me say this a different way. I'm, the short answer is yes, but let me explain myself. You die to everything or to something every day. Because when you choose to live for one thing, 
you necessarily choose to die to another. Now, that means that, what, look, look at what he says. For everyone wants to save their life, will lose it. So if I spend my life, listen to, the, listen to the spiritual truth. If I spend my life trying to find my own happiness and my own joy, if I spend my life chasing after my own life, I will lose that life because I will not live a life that gives me value, that ultimately makes it okay. I, 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 okay, you'll have to forgive me. I have granddaughters now, so we, we spend a lot of time watching Disney princesses. Oh, my goodness, it's driving me nuts. But at any rate, uh, and so look, we talked about this in a meeting we had yesterday, but let me bring it up here. In, 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 the, in the Frozen movies, both of them, Elsa, like the, you know, the, the, main, the main heroine, Elsa, at the end, if you've ever think about this, at the end of both those movies, she ends up alone. She always ends up by herself. Why? Because if you listen to the song, I am what I have always been looking for. She's been looking for herself, so she ends up with herself and only herself. Listen to me. That'll happen. That'll happen if you're not careful. If you look, you've got to, you, you, you've got to surrender to succeed, but you've got to serve towards succession. How do I say, what do I mean by that? You've got to serve for somebody else. You've got to serve towards somebody else. You've got to serve for somebody else's purpose, for somebody else's meaning, for somebody else, because it's not all about you. You have to understand that. You have to come to grips with the fact that, that it's not about you finding you. It's about you serving others. That's what Jesus is saying here, is we serve, and we serve so that we find other people who will pick up the torch and carry it when we're done. Because success, listen, success is measured generationally. If we only succeed in this life, then what, what, what's the point what, what have we done? If all I have is my life and I don't, I don't leave anything behind, I don't leave anybody carrying the church behind, carrying the truth, teaching, teach. if I don't leave anything behind, what have I done? And the truth is all I've done, if, I, if, that's, if that's how I end up, all I've done is fed my own appetites for 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years. If you spend 100 years just feeding your own appetites and you don't leave anything behind that's going to carry on, what good is that? I, I, I got to tell you, I see a lot of successful people in this world who they are building these monuments to themselves that nobody else cares about. And, and, and when they're gone, nobody's going to take care of that monument because they're the only ones that cared about it. No, no, no. Look, look, I spent some time yesterday. We had a funeral this week and I spent some time yesterday because I got to the graveside or graveside service early before the family. And I spent some time walking around a graveyard. I, I know this sounds this sounds <laughs> I know this sounds a bit morbid, but I actually enjoy doing that because on these stones they tell you things about the people that were there and and listen, if all you do is spend your life for you, your stone's gonna just have like your name and a date. But if you'll spend your life working for other people and building into them, they're going to speak to who you are and their very lives and their work is going to be a testament to who you were. You've got to understand we serve to succession because success is measured generationally. I need to lose my life to serve other people. And um, so watch, watch. Surrender to succeed because success is measured spiritually. Serve to succession because success is measured generationally. But look at this last part of the verse. 
It says, for what good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? I must sacrifice to win. I've got to sacrifice in this life. Watch. I've said this so many times in my career, but let me say it here. I am not, I am not a body that happens to have a soul. That's not, that's not how you define yourself. You are not a, a physical body that happens to have a soul. No, the opposite is true. You are a spiritual being that happens to have a physical body. The difference in those two is massive. Because when you begin to understand it that way, you begin to understand that what is eternal is that part of us that can't be measured, weighed, seen, treated by a doctor, x-rayed, or found in a cast can. It's the spiritual side of who we are that will last forever. And ultimately, success is measured eternally. It's measured in eternal terms. It's measured in spiritual terms. You notice how I just looped all the way back to the beginning? The success is measured spiritually, therefore it is obviously measured in eternity because the spiritual side of us is the part that's never going to go away. Listen, here's ultimately what I need you to know. If we are willing, if we are willing to surrender, to serve, and to sacrifice, then frankly what we will do is we will live a life that is spiritually successful, that builds other people up, and leaves behind a legacy that is made by God, that is made by the Holy Spirit. I, I think in the end, we have to understand the most successful person in history is Jesus. And he served, he taught, he healed, he forgave, he died on a cross for everybody else. But because he did it right, he lives forever, and he's seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession, making argument for you and me. Look, that's the most successful life in history, and that's what we need to strive to become. That's what God wants out of you. So I got a question. What's your definition of success? If it's not this, are you willing to change it? Pray with me. Holy Spirit, speak to us right now. We live in a world that defines success in ways that does not match your word. So God, as we live in this world, help us to be in this world but not of this world and help us to change the way we think to match the way you think. I do pray, Lord, make us successful in your definition, in your terms, in your ministry in your way. And by doing that, Lord, let us take part in you changing your world. Thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us. We hope that this resource helped you in your journey towards loving God and loving people better every single day. If you enjoyed this, please take a second, share it with your friends. And last, we wanted to give a special thanks to all of you who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you all that this is possible. And if you'd like to learn more about how to partner with us financially, go ahead and click give for more information. We appreciate anything that you can do to help. So thanks again for being a member of our online family. We love serving Jesus with you.